Blog Talk Radio. everyone and thank you yet again for joining me on this Friday afternoon. I have changed the uh, time from 2 p.m. Pacific to 2.30. We are reading a book that I have had on my shelves for years and it's just good to Review it from time to time. Our author is Carol Mayhall. And she says on the back cover of this little gem, the tongue may be small, yet it wields an astonishing power. James compares it to a wild horse, a wandering ship, or a raging forest fire. Now, that's James in the book of James found in the Bible. And that verse that she references says, I wish I could place love and truth deep in my mind to filter every word I speak. I'm sorry, that's Carol talking. From Proverbs, she says, Our mouths are supposed to be fountains of life, but it all too often sounds like babbling brooks. Her personal examples and gentle instruction in this book will help us avoid the tongue's five most troublesome slips. Those five are bragging, complaining, gossiping, not checking our anger and making careless remarks. She has struggled enough herself to know what works and what doesn't. I am convinced, she writes, that if we live deep with God, the overflow is going to consistently seep into our conversation. Soon, we will all be speaking more words that heal and fewer words that hurt. The preface of the book says, Warning, do not read this book unless you want God to teach you, as he is teaching me some vital issues about our speech. That is what this book is all about. I trust it will be a straightforward handling of a devious matter, the matter of our tongues. James tells us that the tongue is like the bit in a horse's mouth. If we control the bit, we control the horse. And that's found at James, the third chapter and the third verse. The tongue is the biggest, littlest bit we possess. 
and God has a great deal to say about this member, both positively and negatively. May God's spirit convict us as we look into what to say, how to say it, when to speak, and when not to speak. Issues that are especially hard, seemingly, for women. May we bring our tongues to the place where they glorify God. Now, I want to add to that. She says, do not read this book unless you want to change. And I'm saying, let's not listen to this book unless we want to change. So we begin with the introduction. 600 women swarmed into the hive-shaped banquet hall and fluttered to rest. The buzzing became a low hum and finally stilled as we waited for the evening session of the conference to begin. Dennis was an eloquent speaker and challenged us with story after story of taking the Bible to East Asia. His climaxing illustration left me shaken. On a recent visit to an Asian church, he sat next to a small woman whose hands were so crippled she could not hold a hymn book. Following the service, he turned to her and asked, Do you have a Bible? No, she said softly. Would you like to have one, he queried. Oh, yes. Her face brightened. If you will come back to my hotel, I will give you one, offered Dennis. As they walked back to his hotel, Dennis asked the woman about her hands. She told him the following story. When the soldiers were searching for all Bibles, hymn books, and religious material, they came to my door. I had hidden my Bible under the cold ashes of my stove, but they knew all the places to look. As they were taking my Bible from my house, I grabbed it and said, oh, please don't take my Bible. It's all that I have to tell me about my Jesus. The men said, it's nothing but a book of fables. Give it to this old woman. But again, I cried. Oh, please don't take it. It's all that I had that tells me about my Jesus. The woman said, they took her outside, stripped her, and put her up on a platform to shame her before the crowds. For Four hours, she sat with the Bible clutched to her naked breast, head down, as the crowds mocked and spit on her. They thought she was ashamed, but she was praying. She continued. After four hours, they again tried to take my Bible, but I clung to it and said, please, don't take it. It's all that I have that tells me about my Jesus. Angrily, they spread her out in the dirt with hands clasped and arms stretched over her head and beat her hands with the hammer until they were nothing but pulp. To this day, she cannot even feed herself. As I listened to this story, I was deeply touched. 
Dennis was totally committed to taking the word of God to dangerous places. The woman was totally committed to Christ and to his word. The speaker the next morning was a sweet-faced woman from JARS, the Jungle Aviation and Radio Service. It's a branch of Wycliffe Bible Translators. Beverly told of being a homemaker in Kansas when one evening a call for dedication was given at her church missions conference. She and her husband, their three small children, between them walked down the aisle and said to the Lord, anywhere, anytime, and anything, Lord. Two years later, Beverly walked into a tar paper shack that was to be her home in Papua New Guinea. It had a two-foot separation between the walls and roof, allowing anything to come and go. She looked around and whispered, I didn't mean this, Lord. She cried for two weeks, and when her husband asked if she wanted to go home, she said yes. But the Lord gently loved her until she could again say, Anywhere, anytime, anything, Lord. She and her husband were privileged to see many come out of the darkness into God's light. Seven years later, Beverly waved goodbye to her only son returning to college in the United States. In her heart, she cried, I didn't mean this, Lord. But again, after a struggle, she trusted God to care for her son while he was half a world away. Two years later, her family was reunited when they were transferred to North Carolina, where her husband was to train other aircraft mechanics at the JAR space. Her son planned to become a pilot for the Jungle Aviation Program. One night, Bev answered the insistent ringing of the telephone. A doctor from a local hospital urged, come quickly. There's been an auto accident. Bev and her husband rushed to the hospital. The doctor met them, and with voice breaking, he said, your son's girlfriend is in x-ray. We think she's going to make it, but I'm sorry to tell you that your son did not. Into Bev's mind flashed the image of a young couple, their three small children between them, walking down the aisle of a church and saying, anywhere, anytime, anything, Lord. And the enemy of her soul taunted, see, give everything to him. Her heart cried in agony. Oh, I didn't mean this, Lord. Then quietly to her heart, the Lord said, Beverly, I gave my only son for you. Are you willing to let yours go to be with me? And she was able to respond. Anywhere, anytime, anything, Lord. Beverly's face was illuminated from within as she told her story and then sang a beautiful song to praise God. I am going to stop here. This is just the first part. Well, it's a little more than the, than the first. 
I believe I'm, I'm about two-thirds through the introduction. So we will stop here until next time. My goodness, uh, listeners, this is quite a way to start the weekend, thinking about commitment. And those were not words that hurt, nor were they words that heal, at least not in and of themselves. But when we think about them, when we think about her saying, anytime, anywhere, anything, they actually did come back to her for her healing. Thank you, everybody. And again, have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Thank you.